0: Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to this Monday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins and follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. We are back with another full week's worth of Of episodes, and remember, thank you so much for making the Locked on Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. I apologize for this one being late in the evening. I just had um, some work things to do today, and then also I went to sell a movie with my dad. This was the last James Bond movie, well, last one for probably at least a few years until they make um, a new one. Um, As you all know, I did not catch most of the game on Friday. I was at King's Dominion with my lovely girlfriend for this Halloween. Fright Night, whatever you want to call it, pretty fun. But you know, obviously, I would much rather uh, be watching the Penguins game and live tweeting with you all. I was able to watch uh, some of the game back on ESPN Plus. And again, if you are not subscribed to ESPN Plus, then what the hell are you doing? Um, and I think my biggest takeaway from this game is that you know Mike, Mike Sullivan—he just always has these guys. Ready to play. He's now first all-time in franchise history with wins as a head coach, and I think it's finally time he gets the respect he deserves from everyone in the Penguins fan base—not just you know the majority of the fans, but everyone overall. I think it is now time to say that he is the best coach in franchise history i've been saying it's arguable just because of what badger bob did for this franchise and you know obviously i wasn't alive to see it and i know he died way too young as well i mean who knows what would have happened if he had stayed alive for so many more years and kept coaching this team i think he honestly would have had a huge separation from anyone else that would coach this team in the future but if you look at like what mike sullivan has done since he took over you know the two stanley cups Obviously, there's been a little, I guess, a downward trend just because of how they've lost in the playoffs. But I'm not going to point to Mike Sullivan for that. I'm going to point to bad goaltending and just not finishing their chances. Like, you know, against the Islanders, bad goaltending. They got a ton of chances, but, you know, the goalie they ran into was God. You know, Montreal. Ran into a hot carry price, carried player for most of that series, but couldn't cash in on their chances. 2019 was a failure for everyone. 2018, they were basically gas. So these last couple of years, the Penguins have been really good in the playoffs. They just haven't gotten the results that, you know they would usually get I guess in a series but you know with so many injuries to start the year already uh, this has basically been a dream start for the Penguins well it would be even more of a dream start if they had kept that lead over the Panthers and not lost in overtime but you know five out of six points to open the year without City Crosby now Brian Russ is going to be hurt for a bit. We'll get a little, a little into that um, coming up later in the show. No Mike Matheson, no Evgeny Malkin. Jake Gensel was out with COVID. Zach astin was out with COVID. Obviously, they're back now. Um, it just goes to show how great of a coach Mike Sullivan is. And he's going to hopefully get serious consideration for the Jack Adams this year. You know, he's always slept on for that award because it usually goes to the coach who, I guess, overachieves what the team he has or, you know, surprises. But, you know, also that coach is kind of canned in the next year or two. Anyway, I don't really think people know how to vote on that award. It should go to the coach that actually does the best job with his team considering all of the circumstances surrounding an NHL season. You know, it shouldn't just go to a coach that, oh wow, this team's surprised, let's just give the Jack Adams to this coach. Or, oh my god, this, this team's goal, goalie is just playing so hot, let's give the Jack Adams to the coach of that team. I think it's just a very flawed process. And the fact that Mike Sullivan was not really, um, I don't even think a finalist for last year's Jack Adams award was just nothing short of a joke. But if he keeps coaching the team he is right now, um, he will 100% be a finalist by the end of the season. I love how he's had this team ready to play um, for the first three games. I mean, you are seeing a very good Penguins team. Out of the gate, again five out of six points. You're first in the Metropolitan Division without the two big guns, and you know for a time Jake Ensel and Zach Reese. So, um, what a job he has done. And they're just they're getting depth scoring from everywhere. Danton Heinen gets another goal against the Blackhawks. That's now three in three games. Jeff, if you are listening to this episode, I told everyone every time Danton Heinen scores, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. That is now seven more goals until I get my free cockeye barbecue. So, Jeff, I hope you start to sweat a little bit because he is almost halfway there and we are only three games in the season. And, you know, I touched on this. Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Forest have touched on this. Zachary Smith from uh, the Round the 4-1-2 with Tyler Weeks. They've also talked about it as well. Heinen is going to be a very good player for this team. He is not your run of the mill fourth line player that's going to get caved in on a nightly basis or has no shot or has no playmaking ability. No, he has a wicked shot and he's always in the dangerous scoring areas whenever he is on the ice. You can't teach that. And the fact that he's already at a goal per game basis just three games into the season shows that he is a different player this year. Obviously, this is going to regress. He's not going to score 82 goals in a season to have one goal a game. But the fact that he is producing as well as he is right now, it's not a fluke. He knows where to go to score goals, and you are seeing it each game right now. I would not be surprised if he did score another goal against the Dallas Stars on Tuesday night. I also loved to see Drew O'Connor get his first NHL goal. Very well deserved. And even when this team is healthy, I mean, there is a legitimate argument that he should be in the top 12. And honestly, I don't hate it. I mean, you know, he's, he's in direct competition with someone like Dominic Simone, Evan Rodriguez, Brian Boyle, So there's going to be a lot of tough decisions down the stretch eventually when hopefully this team does get healthy, though, with the news of Ryan Russ today. Um, Who knows if that's going to happen because I'm sure we're just going to have another injury pop up in the next week or so because it's the Pittsburgh Penguins, for God's sake. But, you know, he's being rewarded for his great play in training camp and the preseason. I I loved that goal that he had. And just, you know, I remember when I saw a little bit of the game, I, I first tweeted, I'm like, you know what, I would love if the Penguins scored about... 10 goals on Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, they were almost halfway there because Marc-Andre Fleury allowed four uh, in the first period and did not look comfortable. I mean, he had a horrific performance. And I I do want to send this message to some people. I don't think those kind of people listen to this podcast. But if you were at that game or you are a Penguins fan watching it on TV and you're rooting for Pittsburgh to lose and for Fleury to win because you're a huge Fleury fan... What are you doing in this fan base? And I think you should honestly leave and go be a Flyers fan or just, you know, go be a Blackhawks fan and follow Flurry. Like, I, I really don't understand that. Those people are very weird. And I, I, I obviously know how much Marc-Andre Fleury means to a lot of people in this fan base. You know, he's obviously one of my favorite players growing up. But the fact that I saw numerous people tweet on Twitter, and I saw this from media members as well, and they were out. Um, Just, you know, doing radio spots, you know, saying that people were rooting for Fleury to win and the Penguins to lose. You're not a true Penguins fan. And for all I care, you can just go be a Blackhawks fan or or even worse, just go be a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I mean, I I don't really know how to say it any better. Uh, I just, I have no respect for those kind of people in the Penguins fan base. But I don't think any of those people listen to this podcast. If you do, well, you know, I'm sorry, but the truth hurts. I just, I really have no time for that kind of stuff. But, you know, in one of those goals, just, you know, Flurry coming out of the net and just gets burned. And, you know, that's way too familiar for us Penguins fans. You know, you saw it uh, in the playoffs this last year where he was with Vegas, uh, which allowed Montreal to not only, I believe, tie the game, but then they won that game in overtime. I want to say that was, what, game two ...of that series when Vegas was up 1-0. I believe Vegas was actually about to win Game 2. At least I think it was Game 2. It was one It was one of the games where Vegas was about to take a little commanding lead... ...in the series and then Floyd comes out of the net. Puck goes over his stick and then it's back in the back of the net. I think courtesy of Josh Anderson. So but same thing basically happened with one of those goals. Really don't know what the heck he was doing. And then, you know, his night just kind of spiraled out of control from there. And I loved how the team just blitzed Chicago in that first period. I mean, they came out with a purpose. They were forechecking hard, getting to those high danger scoring areas, and they were making Chicago pay every freaking shift. I mean, the Blackhawks are probably going to be really bad this year. So, I know some people are going to be like, "Well, you know, let's see if they can do this against a contender." And, you know, I'm sure the Penguins will considering how Mike Sullivan has had these boys ready to play this season, but to see that start those opening 20 minutes was very encouraging. And again, goes to show that maybe some people should not be sleeping as much on the Penguins this year as they previously were before the season. So those were my main big points from this game. Mike Sullivan, top five coach in hockey, now has the most wins among Penguins coaches and is the best coach in franchise history. This start has been a dream start for the Penguins, and it can only get better. There are now seven more home games in a row before this team goes on another road trip. I mean, and that's huge because this team is one of the best teams the home in the NHL. I believe last season they went, what, out of 28 games, I want to say it was 21 and four and three. I I believe it's around there. They were practically unbeatable at home in the regular season. Obviously, you know, I know what happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but in the regular season, when you have an eight game homestand and you're without the big guns, you want to try to bank as many points as possible. And the Penguins have a huge opportunity to do that coming up here now, with seven more games in a row at home before going on their next little road trip. And again, Danton Heinen was awesome. Drew Connor gets his first goal. I will have a lot more on some of the other goal scores coming up in the next segment, including Brock McGinn's first goal, Teddy Bluger, Jason Zocker, the playoff Tristan Jolly. We have a lot more to get to for this episode. But before we do that, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So getting into some of the other goal scores from this game, thought thought uh, Teddy Bluger had a, a fantastic game, at least in my opinion, opens up the scoring 15 seconds in. I don't know really know Mark, what Marc-Andre Fleury was doing with that one. there. I apologize if I'm talking a little bit fast, but just see, didn't really seem to read the play at all. And Bluger took complete advantage of that and opened the scoring. And, you know, that was, what well, was the start of what was going to be a long night for Marc-Andre Fleury, to say the least. I will say this. I called out Brock McGinn on my Thursday episode because I know that he was not doing enough. I remember against the Panthers, it was the first two games in the season. I'm like, you know, I haven't noticed him too much. He's making $2.75 million for four years. we got to start to see that offense, see that defensive play come in. Um... He brought that and then some in this game against Chicago, gets his first goal of the year with Pittsburgh. And honestly, that was just a tapping. I mean, if, if he missed that, uh, you would have seen a lot of negative reactions on Penguins but just because it was a great pass from Drew O'Connor. And then, you know, just McGinn had the whole net up and Marc Andre Fleury had no chance to save that. That one made it 3 0. And then, you know, how could we forget Jason Zucker gets his first goal of the season? He should have had it against the Panthers, but you know, just hit the post when. He he beat Sergey Bobrovsky on a little mini breakaway. I believe it was forehand, backhand, and again beat him completely. And then just just couldn't beat the post. But in this one, it was just a crafty little play. You know, it was a shot from the point from Chad Ruwiedel. As even it wasn't for some reason Evan Rodriguez was at the point, but I guess he was taking the spot of one of the defensemen. Um, hits Lincoln in a juicy rebound comes out a little bit, but then Zucker is able to backhand it so softly into the net, and it was just. Such a crafty little play, I thought, there with the puck. Captain missed the original follow-up from the Rodriguez shot. And then Zucker was able to put it into the net. So I'm really hoping that's the first of many this season for Zucker. I have said a lot of times that I think he's going 20 to score 20-25 to this year. I believe 25 was my bold prediction. So I'm curious to see if that happens. But overall, just to really... Um, spectacular performance from the Penguins against Chicago, and you know the Penguins have had a lot of failures against the Blackhawks over the years. I mean, this is a team that they don't usually beat that often. I mean, they had lost. I'm trying to think of the a number here. So prior to 2019, prior to October 11th of 2019, they had lost. I am actually literally counting this right now on one of the say they had lost nine in a row to the Blackhawks from. Uh, January of 2019 all the way until January of 2015. The Penguins had not beaten the Blackhawks in a game prior to 2019 in five years. Yes, it was 2014 was the last time the Penguins had won. ...prior to 2019, and then of course um, on Saturday the Penguins beat the Blackhawks there as well. So the Penguins right now have a two-game winning streak over the Chicago Blackhawks... ...after they had lost nine in a row prior to that. That is how much the Blackhawks had owned Pittsburgh over the years. So it's nice to see uh, Pittsburgh getting some payback on Chicago... ...after they were just dominating this home-and-home every season for the last five years. It was so weird because even when the Blackhawks were so terrible... They were still beating the Penguins with ease. I mean, obviously, you know, the big one that we remember was Antti Nievi giving up five or six goals in the first period. And then the Penguins lost that game 10-1. to That was, of course, Josh Getzoff's first game that he called as the radio announcer for the Penguins. And that came during the Penguins' losing streak. To Chicago. But again, it's nice to see the Pittsburgh finally get a little bit of payback there. And we'll have to see if maybe they can have a little nine-game winning streak of their own. And I think predictably after the first period, the team was going to go into a little bit of a shell. That's what all teams do, though. So I'm not really gonna read too much into it because honestly, any team that goes up four-nothing after a period, heck, even three-nothing after a period, five-nothing, whatever, not two-nothing, but anywhere from three up, they're going to go into a shell the next year because they just want to. Kill the clock. Chicago really took it to them, I thought, in the second period after watching it. Tristan Jari had to come up with some really nice saves, and that's now his second straight start this season where he has been really strong. It's pretty encouraging. Watching him play, just as I watched that game back, he's more aggressive. I think in the net this year, he's making himself bigger. He's coming out closer to the edge of the blue paint. He's not playing as deep in his net this year like he was last year because I think that's how he was coached by Mike Buckley. You know, Matt Murray was also usually very deep in his net, but I also think that's the byproduct thing of, of him, excuse me, being really big. Tristan Jari doesn't really have that luxury just because he's not nearly as big or as tall. As Matt Murray was, but I like that Andy Kyoto seems to be having him play more aggressive and being out further, which takes some of the angles away from the shooters. And if you look at this game here for Jari, so um, if you go to Money Pug, was on the ice for 59 minutes 45 seconds. His goal saved above expected 2.59. That is really freaking good. You know, I know some people don't really like advanced stats with goaltenders, but the fact that he saved two goals above of what was expected of him. That's a good sign, and hopefully that can carry over going into his next start. I assume that's going to be on Tuesday. I mean, it looks like that Mike Sullivan may be doing a bit more of a platoon this year. I think you might see a 60-40 split in favor of Tristan Jari. But I think when he's playing well like he is right now, you just ride him until he starts to not play as well. Then you can start to Smith for a few games in a row. At least that's what I would do. I'd really like to start to the season and the two goals that he allowed on Saturday were really not his fault. So, that was really encouraging as well. Um, just, you know, going through some other stats at Money Puck. So, um The Chicago, the deserve to win meter was in their favor, but that's also because they turned up their play, especially in the last 30 minutes where the Penguins were kind of just sitting back and letting them do it because they just wanted to kill clock. I mean, that's what any team does. You start playing prevent defense when you're up four goals. Chicago was able to make it. 4-1, and then 5-2 for a bit of a time before the Penguins just, you know, they put them away and ended up walking out of there with the two points. So I'm not really too concerned that they got outplayed for the final 30 minutes. They did what they needed to do. They had that heart start and dominated them from right out of the gate and then they were able to play good defensively the rest of the game and get the goaltending that they needed, despite Chicago making their pushes. So 2-0-1 and, oh and one to start the season. That's all you can ask for, especially when Sid and Gino are out. And with Sid probably being out for this next game against Dallas, we'll have to see if Pittsburgh can bank points there as well. Still have a little more to get to, though, for this episode of Locked on Penguins, including the latest with Brian Rust and the latest practice lines and what you can expect to see in the lineup for Tuesday. But before we do that, Did you know that Bilt Bar has many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, there's coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, which is my favorite. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of nut carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Alright, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get into some updates to end the show here. I've gotten all the big stuff out of the way. But um, in case anyone did not see it or is not on Twitter, um, Brian Rust, he will be week to week with, I believe it's a lower body injury. Mike Sullivan didn't really uh, say that much, but... Um, He said, we're going to keep you guys updated on a weekly basis. That's where he is. So definitely a big blow for the Penguins, especially because they just got freaking Jake Gensel back. So they can't even have Gensel and Rust on that top line with Carter until Sid comes back. Hoping, though, that it's going to be a quick recovery because he is a player that this team cannot afford to lose. He's basically scored almost 30 goals the last two seasons. His two-way game has improved so much, and he's also has so much great vision when he's on the ice. I really think his playmaking has improved every year that he's been in the league. I remember when he first came up, he was always that one-trick pony player, would just skate circles around the ice using his speed, but couldn't really do much with the puck. And then... One offseason, it just all clicked, and he became that goal scorer that we have all known to love as he is now, and especially with his playmaking ability as well. So that is a big loss. And again, you know, three games in, and the Penguins have already dealt with two COVID cases: Sidney Crosby being out, Evgeny Malkin being out, Mike Matheson being out, and now Brian Russ being out on a week to week basis it is a never ending saga with you know sicknesses and injuries with this team it's it's ridiculous at this point i don't really know how this happens every single year Uh, aston reese talked about his time with covid today to the media he said as soon as i found out all the symptoms hit me it felt like i had the flu for five days he said he was not able to work out for 12 days and his lungs still didn't feel way and he also says he easily could have been hospitalized if he didn't have the antibodies from the vaccine so for all these weirdos on facebook that say well the the covid19 virus doesn't affect these professional athletes well you know these people are a bunch of morons, so don't listen to people that you see post about the pandemic on Facebook. It's just it's useless to look at because those people are wrong every single time. Now, going to the lines, Mike Matheson was at practice today. It looks like he might be drawing back in to the lineup. He says he felt good out there at practice, and he was skating with Chad Roweedle. On that bottom pairing. So the lines that we saw today. Jake Gensel with uh, Jeff Carter and Danton Heinen. So Heinen will take Brian spot for the time being. Jason Zucker with Evan Rodriguez and Kasperi Kapman. Drew O'Connor with Brian Boyle and Dominic Simone. Zach Asneries with Teddy Bluger and Rock McGann. Sam Lafferty was an extra. I'm finally glad that they are not going to be doing this Marino-Matheson pairing. At least to start of the season. and Tang top pairing. Pedersen is with Marino. And Matheson will be with Ruedel. Exactly how I said it should be. During the offseason and going into the season. I will chalk that up as a victory for me and as I do a little bit of a clap here. So one thing I actually got right about with this team, it looks like they are going to listen to me. So Mike Sullivan, thank you. I will claim this victory on the podcast right now. But it just makes the most sense. You know what you're going to get from all three pairings. You know who your puck movers are. You know who your stay-at-home defensemen are. That's how you got to do it. Enough of that Matheson-Marino garbage. You can put Matheson with a defensively responsible player in Chad Ruedel and the pairing will be just as good, if not better, than the Matheson-CC pairing from last season. So, it's a soul for a soul with the Penguins right now. Brian Russ comes out. Mike Matheson comes in. I'm sure when Sidney Crosby eventually comes in, someone will be exiting the lineup as well. And yes, to update you all, Sidney Crosby will not be playing on Tuesday against Dallas. I'll chuck that up as an L. I thought he would be back by now, but they are going a little bit slower with him. And, you know, they can kind of afford to right now just because they have gotten five out of six points to open the season and they're playing seven more home games in a row. So it's whenever Sid feels comfortable and, you know, whenever he takes those next steps with taking contact and practicing fully all that jazz and some other big news in case any any of you all did not see Evgeny Malkin is back skating it was only a i think a, sh- a short 15 20 minute session he, he was in track pants basically but to see him back on the ice is a huge development in his recovery from that major knee surgery that he had in June yes i understand that he is still 2 months away from playing but the fact that he is back on the ice and skating is nothing short of awesome and he can't get back soon enough, I will say that. Now, tomorrow night, this team will host the Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas is one of the sleeper teams that I do have this season. You know, Jamie Benn's awesome. Alex Radulov's really good. Tyler Sagan's really good. John Klingberg, I saw on headlines with Elliott Freeman on Sportsnet that he wants 62 to $66 million com- uh, combined on his next contract. That's just ridiculous considering he's basically 30 right now. And if you're paying that kind of money for someone's ages 30 to 38 – uh, you're going to be in for rude Awakening, but I do love Miro haskinen I like Essa Lindell. I actually think he's one of the more underrated defensive defensemen in this game. Robertson is really good. Kiwi Ranta is a bit underrated as well. And, you know, I'll be curious to see how Joe Pavelski does this year too. I mean, he had a bit of a renaissance season last year, where I think he was close to being a point per game player after he was really bad this season prior. They also usually get good goaltending, but you know, with Ben Bishop still sidelined with whatever injury he has, it is going to be a bit tough. But I still see them getting into a playoff uh, spot this season. This is a team that Pittsburgh should not take lightly, especially with the talent that they have. But I'm expecting a pretty good game between these two teams. And remember, it will be a 7 p.m. start, and I believe it'll be on ESPN Plus. So again, if you're not subscribed to ESPN Plus, please go do that. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really appreciate. All of you listening to this one, we will be back tomorrow evening with a game recap episode and a locked on now for you all. So, Look around for that one tomorrow night. And then Wednesday we'll have another episode. As the Penguins don't play after that until Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That'll be a 7 p.m. start. And then they have Tampa Bay coming to Pittsburgh on the 26th to try to get some revenge. So I like how the schedule is a bit spread out. I mean, I could definitely see Sid coming back for that game on Saturday, since you know it's a four-day break. But you know, I'm just not really gonna say anything about Sid anymore, just because I think I've been wrong about every game that I see him coming back for at this point. But again, thank y'all so much for listening. And we'll be back with another episode tomorrow evening for a full game recap.